Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Oh, it's such a great, great day. I, I don't know about you, but as I woke up this morning and I, I watched the sun come up, I couldn't help but to think about that very first Easter morning and what it must have been like to go find that empty tomb. Well, today is uh, our third service of our Easter weekend services, and uh, it has been a great uh, time already. And so today as we begin, I, I've been sharing this, uh, what I'm going to share with you today, these other two services, and I want to share it with you because I've asked this question, how many people here today, you know, you, you know some people that are just hard to love? Anybody know, anybody know anybody, right, that's just hard to love? Okay, half of us do. Now listen, if you rode with them, just keep looking up here, right? Yeah, don't, 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 look, don't look around. At SCC, I'm going to give you, a, I'm a, at Starbridge Community Church, I'm going to let you know that uh, we have some initials for those kind of people. We call them EGRs. That means extra grace required. Now, when I said that about, do you know anybody that's hard to love? You know, uh, if you've ever done a, one of those uh, conference uh, uh, calls like you can do on the internet, you know, where they comes up on all these people, faces come up on your screen. Uh, you know, probably that happened with you when I said, do you know anybody hard to love? Probably some faces popped up there and you were thinking, yeah, this person, this person, this person. And let me just tell you, if you're sitting here today and nobody's face popped up, then guess what? You're it. <laughs> you're the EGR. That's it. So your face popped up on somebody else's screen right now is what I want to tell you. So anyways, today, so we understand that people sometimes are very difficult to love. Matter of fact, I, um, I read a story uh, of Winston Churchill. There was a lady by the name of Lady Astor who just apparently had an issue with Winston Churchill because she looked at him one day, she said, Winston, if you were my husband, I would put arsenic in your tea. Wow. And he replied, Madam, if you were my wife, I would drink it. <laughs> wow, boy, I mean, wow. So this has been going on a long time, right? Wow. And the Bible, you know, Bible tells us that, uh, that love, of course, love is more than a feeling. Love is more than words. Love is action. And there was a young man that was trying to practice this, you know, with his girlfriend. He, they would go out and, you know, they've been dating a little while and he just keeps saying, honey, I just want you to know, I love you so much that I would die for you. And he would just say that, honey, I just want you to know, baby, I just want you to know, I, I just love you so much, I would die for you. And finally one day she said, you know what, you're always saying that, but you never do it. 
<laughs> just cold right off the bat on this Easter Sunday morning, right? And so what I want to tell you is that Easter is all about God loving us and showing us how to love. That's what Easter is all about. It's God loving us and showing us how to love. And I think every one of us in here would say, you know what? I would like to learn to become a more loving person. Now, I'm not talking about the gushy, mushy feelings. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes me and that can just sort of run us off, right? Anytime we hear love, like, oh, man, no more of that, you know? But I, it's not talking about mushy, gushy feelings. It's talking about being a more loving person to those around us, our children, you know, our parents, our uh, spouses, our friends, our neighbors, just being a better person. And so today I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you how to become a more loving person. How to become a more loving person. So the first thing, if you have your outline, if you just go ahead and write this down. Number one is this, is experience God's love first. Experience God's love first. Now as you write that down, I want you to know, before we can love others, the Bible says we have to begin to feel and understand how deeply God loves us. That is the key to you becoming a more loving person, is that you feel, you understand how deeply God loves you. And so the Bible launches right into this so that there will be no misunderstanding about God's love for you. Look what it says. In Ephesians uh, 3 and 17, it says, May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous what? Marvelous love. God's marvelous love. And may you be able to feel and understand all God's children should, uh, all, uh, as all of God's children should, how long and how wide and how deep and how high His what? Really is. His love really is. And that's the part where many of us are missing it today. Really is. Like we really, it really is love. His love. He really does have love for you. Really is. And it goes on to say this. And to experience this love for who? For yourself. That's right. For yourself. And that's what God wants you to do. On this Easter Sunday, 2017, God wants you to realize his love and he wants you to experience his love. Because in order for you to be a more loving person, you have to do that. And so that's today as we begin to talk about that, is that we look in 1 John and we see that this passage, look what it says. Matter of fact, let's just read it together, all right? Let's read it out loud together. It's short. Here we go. You ready? We love because God first loved us. And that is true, is that we love because God has first loved us. Now, I don't know if this is true with you or not, but Maybe you play this game with your parents or maybe you played it with your children. But there is a game that we play. And in, in my particular situation with my kids, I remember when they were smaller, we would play this game. And this game was like this. We say, okay, I tell my kids, I say, okay, how much does daddy love you? Does daddy love you this much? And they go, no, no, daddy doesn't love me that much. I say, does daddy love you this much? No, no, no. I said, well, does daddy love you this much? No, no, no. And I would say, does daddy love you this much? And they'd go, yes, daddy loves me this much. And this morning I would tell you that that is what this picture is all about that's coming up on the screen right now is God saying to you, I love you this much. 
Your daddy loves you this much that he would send his son to die on a cross and stretch out his arms, and that's what it's all about. That's why Jesus died this way, so God would say, I love you this much. So today, if you ever question, does God love you? You remember that picture right there. God says, I love you this much. Now, the question that you may be asking this morning is it why is it so important that you feel loved by God? I'll tell you why. Here it is. Are you ready for this? The reason that you need to know and the reason you need to understand this is because people who feel unloved are often unloving people. Did you hear that? People who feel unloved, who feel like no one loves them, is often unloving people. That means that they don't know how to give love out. And they don't give love out at all because they don't feel loved themselves. And so you and I are here today. We, it's important that we understand what Easter is all about is so that we can begin to feel loved, that we can become a loving person. You cannot give what you have not received. I'm going to be gut level honest with you today. I hope that you can handle that. Is that, you know, I've been the pastor of this church for 22 years as of last Sunday, matter of fact. I've been a Christian for over 35 years. It took me a long time to get what I'm talking to you about. Somehow in my world, somehow, you know, I grew up, my father was always a trader. You know, he always bought and sold things. You know, he bought things at this price, sold them, and it was always trading. And, you know, the, and then also, it was like, you know, I do this for you, you should do this for me kind of deal. That's sort of the way I grew up. And so when, I, when it comes to God, my Heavenly Father, you know, I thought this. I thought as long as I was doing good, then God loved me. But when I didn't do so good, when I wasn't able to perform the way that I thought I should perform for Him, then guess what? He didn't love me. It was almost like watching a cartoon to where they take a little pebble on a flower and say, He loves me, He loves me not. He loves me, He loves me not. And what I want to tell you is this. Are you ready for this? God loves you, period. Until you can accept that, you're going to be miserable. Take it from a person who knows. And I should have known better. I mean, I've been reading the Bible. I've been praying. I've been, I've been, I've been doing this a long time. And it took me a long time to get that. You say, Pastor Jeff, you don't know what I've done in my past. You don't know how I failed God. You don't know how I've asked God to forgive me and then repeat that over again. You don't understand. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you, that God loves you, period. Amen? And on this Easter Sunday, you need to understand that. So I have this, this uh, uh, coming up on the screen now. Look, look what it says. It says, I can only freely give love after I have what? After I freely receive God's love. You will never be the person that you want to be, the loving person that you want to be, until you freely receive that God loves me no matter what. And once you freely receive that, that you don't have to earn it, that you freely receive it, then you can freely give it. But if you don't freely receive it, then you'll bargain with other people. You're like, okay, they do good to me, then I'm going to do good to them. They're loving to me, I'll be loving to them. Or I was loving to them, now they owe me to be loving to me. And so you'll be trading your whole life. But once you freely receive that God loves you, then you can freely give love no matter what they do back. And that makes you a more loving person. Let me just tell you this. How do you step into that loving relationship with God? 
Well, there's a prayer right here on your program that, that is that, that natural step right there is to help you step into that relationship. And it's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. Just look at it with me. It's on your program. And I'd like to just read it to you. And if this is you today, I encourage you to take that step. It says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. Amen. Now, if you, say, if you meant that, if you read along with me and you said, God, me too, this is what I want. I want to step into that loving relationship. Then the only thing I ask you to do is on the back of this card, we call it a connection card. Everyone should have one. If you don't have one, there's one in the seat in front of you. Please take it. And then just check the box on the back so that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower that we can pray for you this week. Now, let me tell you one other step that you're going to want to consider. And the next step is after you do that is you're going to consider baptism. And fortunately for you, okay, we're thinking about you, is on April the 30th, we're going to have a baptism around here. And so you can just sign, go ahead and sign, check that box there. And if there's those of you that were baptized when you were teenagers, but you're making your way back to God, you've been away from God, but you're making your way back to God, you're rededicating your life, then guess what? We're doing a rededication baptism as well on that same day. So why don't you just go ahead and check that box and just do it all over again? It's one of the only times throughout the year that I'll actually be doing all the baptisms that day. So I'd love to just take you and put you under. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I said last week. Well, I will. Okay, ladies, listen, if your husband gets baptized for 10 bucks, I'll hold him down a little bit longer. <laughs> okay, number two, would you write this down? How to become a more loving person? Well, number two is this. You ready? Forgive those who have hurt me. This is so powerful. So powerful. Look what the Bible says, the Colossians 3 and 13. Bear with each other and forgive. What's the next word? What's that next word? Whatever. Okay, now what does whatever not cover? <laughs> huh? Whatever. whatever. So that covers everything, right? Okay, so forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave who? You. All right. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So why do we need to forgive? Here's the question. Listen, why do we need to forgive? All right, man, watch this. This is so powerful. You see, we always think, okay, we need to forgive to help the other person out that did us wrong. That's not true at all. We don't forgive to help them. You see, the, the Bible, see, we understand that when you're holding forgiveness in your heart, you have a divided heart. What that means is, is that you can never fully love the people that you want to love as long as you're holding unforgiveness in your heart against somebody else. That means that half of your heart is thinking about what somebody's done to you and you're holding on to that so it will not let your whole heart go to the person that you really want to love. So it looks like this. If you have unforgiveness against your parents, you'll never be able to love your wife or your husband the way that you want to. If you have unforgiveness in your heart against uh, your brother, you'll never be able to love your children the way that you want to. Let me go a little step further. If you have unforgiveness in your heart against your ex-husband or your ex-wife, you will never be able to love your children the way you want to. Why? Because they're still robbing from you. Half of your heart's divided. You're going over there. And here's what I want to tell you. 
is that when you have unforgiveness in your heart, you're hurting the people, you're cheating the people that you want to love most. You're cheating them. Your past is robbing your present love. And it has to stop. And that's why God is so big on forgiveness. It's not about the person that hurts you. It's about you and the people that you love. Okay, again, I told you today, Easter Sunday is a day to get real, and here it is. I struggle with this myself. You know what? Again, I'm going to be gut-level honest with you. It's about 12 years ago, 12 years ago, I was sitting in a counselor's office. And you know why? Because here's the deal, is that Rhonda and I wasn't clicking just right. Rhonda's my wife, by the way. We weren't clicking just right. Things were not clicking with my children just right and people around me. And so I went and sat down. I made an appointment with a counselor. I sit down and said, listen, I need your help. I told him that, you know, things weren't clicking right between Rhonda and I. And if he would just help me, and I, if he would just tell me how to straighten her out. I didn't go to counseling to help me. Shoot, no, I didn't need help. I went to get her straightened out, you know. If you help me straighten her out, then we'll work on my kids next. But right now, I need you to help me straighten her out. And so, of course, through the process, we realized that it wasn't her that needed to be straightened out. But here's what I want to tell you after talking to why love was so hard for me. Again, now listen to I've already told you, I've been the pastor's church for 22 years, so I've been a pastor here for 12 years already. I've been a Christian for now 35 years, so, you know, at that time, well over 25, 20 years. And so as I'm sitting in that office, I realize that I have unforgiveness in my heart after I'm meeting with this counselor. And you know who I had unforgiveness against? God. When I was six years old, my brother died on the floor in front of me with spinal meningitis. My mother holding him on the floor with a spoon in his mouth, trying to keep him from swallowing his tongue. He was convulsing. And it was me. I had to go get the neighbors and try to, this was way before cell phones and all that. I was having to try to get somewhere to help us. And he died. And ever since that moment, something happened into me. And for people that say, you know, don't worry about kids, they're resilient, that's a bunch of crock. Something happened in me that stayed with me my whole life. Is that somehow, because of that moment, I did not fully trust God anymore. I felt like because God had allowed my brother to die, that he would, allow, he would allow something bad to happen to me, or he would allow something bad to happen to my wife or my children. And because of that, I took on the responsibility of God, and that was to take care of everybody, and I become a control freak, and I, was, I become an angry person because I was trying to control everything and do a job that only God could do because I did not trust God anymore. And I want to tell you, I had to forgive God. I know that doesn't make sense to you. It may say, well, that's crazy. God's perfect. Let me tell you, He is. And it wasn't His fault, but it was something I had to do. And I had to say, God, I'm so, I want you to know, God, that I, I release you from the, the blame of that. And I trust your plan. Now, what happened after that? What happened that is that I want to tell you that once I let go of that, 
I began to be able to operate. My heart was no longer divided anymore, and I could begin to love more. And I want to tell you, forgiveness set me free. I began to get, I started getting better, that it was notable to my wife, and she said, Jeff, she looked at me one time, she says, you know, it's unfair, here we are, and you're doing so much better, and I'm not, make me an appointment. (laughs) (laughs) What we understood was that forgiving sets you free to love. And some of you are sitting here today and your heart is divided. You've not been able to love the people that that are close to you like you want to. Why? Because you have this unforgiveness in your heart. And listen, even if it's God and God can handle that, God didn't say, well, Jeff, I'm kicking you out. He said, I've been waiting on this moment the whole time. And I just want you to know today that you have to let it go. Matter of fact, you have to release that. The moment that you begin to release it, you quit rehearsing it and you start releasing it. You say, how do you do that? I'll tell you how you do that. Is you, quit, you quit thinking about over and over all the things that people have done to you and you start remembering all the things that God's done for you. And that's what I had to do. Like, God, you brought me through a lot of stuff, oh, Lord. I, I, I should have been dead, but you brought me through it, oh, God. Lord, you put food in my stomach. You provided for me every step of the way. You've given me a beautiful wife and wonderful children, oh, God. And you have blessed me with a job. You've blessed me with a roof over my house, oh, God. You've given me an automobile to drive. You've done so much for me. I ain't got time to think about what somebody has done to me 50 years ago. Amen? So on the screen, look at it with me. Come on, let's read this together because this is so key for you to get. You ready? Let's read it together. Forgiveness comes when I stop rehearsing my and release it. So you know how you're rehearsing it? You keep calling your friends up and say, well, you know what? We'd be better off if he hadn't left us 10 years ago. If you're still talking about what that ex did to you, what that child did to you, what that parent did to you, if you're still talking about that, you're never going to heal. Begin to talk to God about what he's done for you and let go of what they've done to you. Amen? And that is healing, my friends. And so my question to you is this, who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to forgive? Right now, who is it that you need to forgive? We must understand why do we need to forgive is so that we can fully love, that our heart can be fully alive. So I have on your connection card this statement here. Look what it says, a next step again. It says, I will ask God to help me forgive someone. Listen, the reason I put someone is because you and God know who that is. I don't need to know who that is, but I want to pray for you that you do that. And so if you just check that box, we're going to pray for you this week that God will help you do that. Number three, you ready? Write this down. How to become a more loving person. Number three is act in love. Act in love. Now we understand this. Listen, it is easier to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into acting. Now that is a mature people understand, I should say. Immature people wait till they feel like it to do something, but mature people do it, then they feel like it, right? And so that's the dividing line between maturity and immaturity. And so it's real easy. Now, I would like to show you how true that is today. 
Now, I want you to do something that some of you have not done for a long, long time. Right now, I want you to give me the biggest smile that you can give me right now. Ready? Come on, smile at me. Show me those pearly whites whether they're true or false. Come on. There you go, smile. There you go. Now, what, I want you to take it one step further. You're smiling. Keep your smile on now. Your face is not breaking. Come on. Now, I want you to just give me a little laugh. Come on. Just laugh a little bit. <laughs> come on, come on, just a little bit. Come on. <laughs> the old Santa laugh. <laughs> see, it's contagious. It's starting right over here. What, see, what, see what we did just for right there, about 10 seconds. All of a sudden, we just had a moment of joy. Now, you might have, I don't know what's going on in your world today, but maybe you come in here and you're like, oh, you know what, this is horrible, whatever. But just for, just for 10 seconds there, we had a moment of joy that we created. What do we do? We begin to act our way in the feeling. And that's what mature people understand. And Jesus understood this. Look what the Bible says. And Jesus said in Luke 6 and 27, he said, but I tell you who hear me. You ready? Let's read these next three words together. You ready? Love your... Okay, I'm done. Do, do, when you read the Bible, does that strike you? When you say, love your enemy, I'm like, heck no. You don't know what they did to me. You know what they did to me. I'm not doing that. And so that's the world's way. That's my way. That's your way. That's our natural response. But Jesus has a purpose in saying, love your enemy. In a moment, we're going to explain to you exactly what love is so you'll know. It's not you don't feel good toward them. You don't necessarily like them, Okay. It, it, when you, you don't have to like your enemies to love them. I'm going to show you how to do that in just a second. So look what the Bible says. Let's go on. Look at the next two, couple words. You got your pen ready? Let's circle these next two words. You ready? So he said, love your enemies. And what's the next two words? Do good. Would you circle that? Do good to those who hate you. Ah. I don't like that either. Do you? Okay. And then you go, look at the next two words. You ready? Let's read them out loud. You ready? Bless those. Why don't you circle that? Bless those who curse you, I don't like that either, do you? Curse me, I want to curse you back. That's not God's way, that's your way too, right? Don't you want to do that? All right, oh, you're going, oh, no, I forgot, I got all the angels here today. <laughs> that's right, just take your halo off and put it under your seat a moment. <laughs> all right, here we go. And then the next one is this, you ready? The next two words is what? Pray for, would you circle that? Pray for those who mistreat you. Now, that is anti-culture right there. That's the anti-the way that you was raised, too, because if you had family like mine, they'd be like, listen, somebody hits you, you hit them back. I remember being a little, tight, a little bitty guy, and they'd say, hey, bite you, you bite them back. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, if a dog bites you, never mind. All right, you bite the dog back. That's really what it sounded like. But let me explain this to you. Say, what does he say when he says do good? He said, do good, look for ways to be nice to people who's been mean to you. In other words, he, God knows that if for you, it feels good to do good no matter if someone else has been bad to you or not. And what he's saying is, is that you don't let them control you anymore. You know how you say, they make me so angry. Well, when you start doing good back, they don't make you angry anymore. They quit controlling you. So it's all for your benefit. The next word he used is bless them. You know that a blessing is a positive word spoken to someone or about someone? And so those people said, you know what? Well, I just blessed them out. I don't know if they had the right meaning that God had with bless. You know what I'm saying? Bless them out. No, 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 no. I think they meant they cursed them out. Okay? 
But when, when we bless someone, that means we don't blast them. We don't go on social media and blast them, do we? We don't put on Facebook about how bad their mama is. Oh, yeah. Talk about everybody. We don't do that. When a blessing is speaking a positive word to someone or about someone. And the Bible says that we should bless those who curse us. And then he goes on to say this. He said, pray for them. Notice that pray for them, don't pray about them. There's a difference between praying for someone and praying about someone. Do you know the difference here? It is when you're praying about someone, it sounds like this. Dear God, you know what a jerk I work with. God, I pray today, Lord, that because they done that to me yesterday, I pray, God, that they have four flat tires when they get up this morning. God, I pray their dog runs away. I mean, you, you just get vicious, right? When you're praying about them, that's what it sounds like. But when you're praying for them, you say, God, bless them. Why would we want to pray for someone? I'll tell you why. Because when we pray for people, the Bible says that when God's goodness comes into someone's life, it says the goodness of the Lord brings about repentance. And so when you pray for someone and God does good for their life, guess what? All of a sudden, it makes them realize what a jerk they've been to you. If you just make them mad, keep making them mad, they're never going to repent. But when goodness comes into their way, their way, all of a sudden, their mind is freed up from being angry and they're able to look at the situation differently and apologize to you. The best thing that you can do is be good to people, even when they're being bad to you, right? Jesus said this from the cross. Look what he said. From the cross, Jesus said in Luke 23, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. What's he doing? He was doing good. He was blessing them, and he was praying for them. Here's this, here it is. I want to show you what biblical love is so you can know that you can love your enemy. Would you look at this statement with me? Look at this. Biblical love is a choice to do good for another person regardless of what? Regardless of what I feel. That's biblical love. It's not feeling good toward them. It's not feeling happy thoughts. It's not wanting to be around them. It's just simply choosing to do good for another person no matter what I feel. And that's biblical love. And to become a more loving person, you become a better person. That means that you do not control me anymore. You're not making me mad. You're not making me have a bad day. Because I'm going to do good whether you like it or not. And guess what? When I keep doing enough good to you, then you ain't going to be able to stand it. You're going to have a breakdown somewhere. And God is going to have a breakthrough in your life. And that's what we're here to do. That's why he tells us that. Okay, number four. Would you write this down? Number four is this. How to become a love, more loving person on this Easter is receive God's resurrection power to come alive and love again. Receive God's resurrection power to come alive and love again. There's a passage on your outline. I want you to look at it with me. Look what it says. It says, and God will raise us from the what? The dead by willpower. Did it say willpower? Oh, no, it doesn't say willpower, does it? Oh, let me read it again. And God will raise us from the dead by brain power. Didn't say that either. Okay, well, let me read it again. 
And God will raise us from the dead by mother-in-law power. Some of you almost cursed, didn't you, on Easter Sunday? <laughs> no, what did he say? By what power? God's power, by his power. Just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Now, here's what I want to tell you. God needs to raise you. He needs to raise me. You see, whenever you do something in your life that, is, that you know God doesn't want you to do, when you, consider, when you do your way and you know what God's way is and you choose your way, when you do that and you live that way, all of a sudden you are unable to become the person that you were meant to be. You are held down by that decision and the Bible calls that sin. Whenever you do something that's your way outside of God's way and you choose that, then the Bible says you, that is sin. And sin is what holds you down. And sin is what defeats you and keeps you from being a person. You've got a lot of good in you, but it cannot come out as long as sin is residing. And it holds you down. And so what Easter is all about, and look at this picture with me. What Easter is all about is an empty tomb. That whatever sin tried to kill Jesus, right, tried to hold him down. But it was God's power that raised Jesus and rolled the stone away, right? Remember? Listen, I don't know if you remember wrestling or not, but my grandmother was a WWF fan, right? I mean, she watched wrestling. I mean, like, if you mess around at our house, man, she'd put you in a figure four. I don't know who Jake the Snake was, but I was threatened with a DDT. I don't know what that means, but anyways. But I, so in wrestling, I watch wrestling, so I know when they get them down on the mat, they say, one, two, three, you're out, it's over. You won. And when Jesus died and they put him in that tomb on Friday, all the world said, it's over. So on Friday night, they went, one. And on Saturday night, they went, two. And on Sunday morning, they went, Oh no! He's not down! He's not here! It's empty! The tomb is empty! It's, it's nobody's here! The stone's been rolled away! And I want to tell you, for over 2,000 years, that's exactly what God's been doing. Those that's had a stone rolled in front of their life, the sin has held them down. A person's tried to hold them down. A difficulty's tried to hold them down. And it's tried to put them in a grave. What Jesus Christ has been doing and God's power has been doing that willpower cannot do, that brain power cannot do, that manpower cannot do, that a banker's power cannot do, that an employer's power cannot do, is only God's power can do. And then that is call you out of the darkness and out of the grave that's holding you down and break that chain of sin that's holding you down and break that power that's holding you down that you can be the person that God created you to be and you don't have to live the way you are the rest of your life. You can be better. You can be better. And Easter's about calling you out and today's your resurrection day. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what darkness you're going through. I don't know what difficulties you're going through. But Jesus has brought you here to roll the stone away. And today's your day. Today is your day that you, that's going to happen in your life. Is that God's going to roll that stone away. 
And it's not going to take me to do it. It's just going to take him. And in just a moment, we're going to pray. And as we pray, we're going to sing a song right after that. There's going to be prayer parties that's going to come forward. If you want to pray with somebody, you can. But right where you are, the miracle can happen. It's between you and God. I want to pray for you. Would you go ahead and just stand with me now? Heavenly Father, right now in the name of your Son, Jesus. God, you know what we're all going through. You know the difficulties. God, you know the darkness. Lord, you know what's trying to hold us down. Keeping us from being the person that you've called us to be. And so God, today I ask you in the name of your Son, Jesus, that you would set us free. And Lord, just in a moment as we begin to sing this song, the people in this room, are, they're going to be talking to you, God. And as we sing this song, that they're going to realize the resurrecting King, oh God, is going to resurrect something inside of us. And after today, we're never going to be the same again. Because you've come to roll the stone away today in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, would you sing this with us? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.